0: This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Firminger. My mission is to pull back the curtain on Vancouver's film and television industry and expose its beating heart, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style, by getting deep and down and a little dirty with the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T. Capital W. Agam Darshi is a storyteller. She's many other things, too. She's an actor, an award winner, a director, a writer, a mother, and a daughter, and a wife, and a friend. But it's storytelling that, from the outside at least, seems to drive her. As well as curiosity and authenticity and exploring the nuances of what it means to be a woman of color in Canada with children with desires and dreams and ghosts in the 21st century. On the acting side, Agam played Kate a kick-ass former con artist on Sanctuary, and she played undercover cop Kali on CTV's action drama Played. She's got a couple of Leo Awards on her mantle, Best Supporting Performance by a Female in a Feature-Length Drama for 2012's Crimes of Mike Reckett, and Best Guest Performance on a Female in a Dramatic Series for Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Ogham played Wakti Wapnasi, a prophetic forest witch that required Ogham to wear a staggering amount of prosthetics. Other recent credits include You, Me, Her, Romeo Section, and Bruce Sweeney's Kingsway, which found her acting her ass off opposite one of our guests from the first season, Camille Sullivan. And those scenes were hot. (laughs) Honestly, if you haven't seen it yet, please go. I don't know if it's on iTunes or I don't know. We're going to have to figure out a way to get people to see that. Um, Ogham is also committed to creating characters of her own. In 2013, she wrote and directed Fade Out, a short film about an aging starlet played by Anna Grauer struggling with self-doubt on the night of what should have been her triumphant comeback premiere, and a few years later, she followed up with Burning Point, a one-woman theatrical show in which she played a wealth of characters of her own creation. Last year, Ogham's script, Indians in Cowtown, which is a great title. (laughs) <laughs> was one of only six scripts accepted into the prestigious Whistler Film Festival 2018 Praxis Screenwriters Lab, where she worked intimately with a team of acclaimed writers and story editors. Oh, and uh, she's also the co-founder of the Vancouver International South Asian Film Festival. And there are so many other accolades and credits, too, but we don't have enough time in this podcast to get to them all. But today, what we are going to talk about is storytelling. And characters, and how she's carving out a space for herself in the storytelling sphere. Agam Darshi, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast.
1: Thank you. Wow, that's quite the intro.
0: Quite the intro. <laughs> uh, all true. <laughs> I didn't make anything up. Uh, I mean, a lot of that is, uh, I mean, so I've been interviewing you over the years, right? You yeah. know, and uh, we, we've had some many wonderful conversations over tea so what I'm hoping to do is to bring people into that conversation today so I think when I first spoke with you uh it was about fade out
1: I think so yeah Yeah, you wrote an article about it
0: yeah, and about, because it was during the Save BC film campaign, yes. and it was a really about the incredible work that people were doing, mm-hmm. you know, during that time. You know, it's like, for, you know what, we're not, gonna get, we're not getting the roles right now, we're not getting the work right now, mm-hmm. we're going to create our, our own work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I, I guess my starting point is, you know, reading all of that, how do you describe yourself?
1: Oh. In 150 characters or less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I That's uh, a very
0: honest answer. Yeah, I appreciate the honesty. I really don't honesty. know because
1: I, I struggle with that, actually. Just even, I mean, I know this is not what you're talking about, but when you're, like, trying to brand yourself and put yourself up on social media or Instagram and you have to, like, you know, describe who you are, I, I struggle with that and I change it constantly because yeah. I feel like I'm always evolving, you know. Um, I think I'm just... I'm a spiritual being having a human experience and I am incredibly incredibly blessed and very curious and um have been really lucky to surround myself uh perhaps karmically with <laughs> these just other souls and we're just kind of making our way. I don't know if I'm going to be doing the same thing 20 years from now as I am now. Yeah. You know
0: you seem very at peace with that description even though it took you a, a while to find those words but you know how how has that changed in time then it's but like let's start let's start start with 20 2012 2013 then because that was when you you did fade out like how how have you changed in in that time
1: a lot of ways um I, I you know I <laughs> I don't even know how to put it in words really I feel like I'm a completely different person I think back then I was really driven by the by what I did. I was really driven by the fact that I was an actor and that was a label that I held very close to me and I was driven by trying to achieve something. I'm a Capricorn, so that's like, you know, <laughs> it matters to me that I that I work my way up some kind of ladder. Yeah. And I think that's really what life has taught me over the last number of years, uh, is that none of that matters and that what I think I am is not what I am and that I have to... Um, I have to almost just give up the control of that. And so back then when I was doing Fade Out, um, you know, I was very happy being a filmmaker and I still love filmmaking. But I I think after that, or maybe during that time, I moved to L.A. and L.A. is this uh, huge paradox and this the most wonderful and the most frustrating place that you can experience as an actor in particular. And so um I think that really humbled me in a yeah. lot of ways and it really made me question why am I doing what I'm doing does will I still would I still do it if I was like living in a small little town in the middle of nowhere would I still be making films would I still be performing Yeah. Um, but I had to dig deep you know. And then also having children. I had twin boys like 3 years ago and that yeah. obviously is going to turn everything on its head. Yeah. Uh, and then I've been going through a whole like kind of like spiritual shift. I mean, I've always been an incredibly like spiritual person, but I think in the last number of years, I've had to deal with my own anxieties and my own depression, like my own mental health.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that was loud and strong, particularly because of the industry that I'm in. And I think it's like that for everybody, but regardless of your industry, but I just found that for me, because of the weight and the stress that I was putting on myself, uh, it was having a huge effect. And yeah. so I had to find a way to um, deal with that. And so I, I turned inwards. I turned to lots of different things, plant medicine, somatic counseling, all yeah. of that. And uh, I've found breath work, and I've found – I've just found a different way of looking at life. And then earlier this year, I basically decided that I was not going to audition anymore and just take <sighs> – yeah, that was – <laughs> uh, I, I just – I. Yeah, I, I um, earlier
0: this year. That's a. I mean, that, that is, is a huge thing. That is a huge thing. But, but it's did you still want to work in the industry, but to not audition then?
1: Yeah, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. Complete, like to be completely honest, I was constantly looking at other people and being like, "Oh, well, that looks fun. Like maybe I could, you know, open a flower store. Or maybe I could, um, maybe I could like do an import-export business <laughs> or something." Or so maybe very I'll specific be... ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was just full of <laughs> a lot of different ideas, and yeah. I'm like, "What should I do?" And then. Um, and then I decided that I just, the thing that I knew that I needed to do and that I've known for a long time was that I needed to send a very uncomfortable email out to my team and tell them, hey, I am not going to, I, I can't audition anymore. I'm going to take whatever roles comes, come to me, whatever offers might yeah. come, but I can't audition.
0: What was it about audition auditioning? Was it something that was like soul sucking or spirit draining from the from the process I mean we've I mean we dedicated last season an entire episode to mental health Mm -hmm. in this industry because it's you know it's it can be so challenging to like nurture your mental health and make room for mental illness in your life when you're dealing with the constant grind of an imagery that or of an industry that can often be you know obsessed with image or where you're interviewing for jobs all the time and you're constantly hearing no 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 like um so was it Was it that aspect of auditioning or like tell me more about that, because that is a huge thing to send to your team, especially.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was really scary. I think I think it was the fact that I looked at my life and suddenly it had become really small and I was just this person that was just running from one job to the next. And I was hustling for jobs. And even when I was getting the jobs, I wasn't loving the work that I was doing doing or not necessarily the work that I was doing, but I wasn't loving the experience of it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think I had put a lot of um, weight on the fact that being an actor was supposed to have so much meaning and it was supposed to, and it can. It can definitely you can have moments that are so wonderful and projects that are so great. But not all projects are like that, right? Yeah. Pro, some product projects are jobs. Yeah. And so um, I, I, yeah, I just found myself, like, I I had bought into, when I first started acting, I didn't even want to act for TV and film. Like, I was back in university, I thought theater was, like, God, that was, everything. (laughs) And uh, I just happened, I had a teacher who was like, come, come to my, like, film and TV class. And I'm like, okay. So I go to this class, and I, I remember it took me a few, a few sessions to be, like, what are we doing here? It just felt so silly to me. Like yeah. I, I just didn't understand TV and film acting and like auditioning and having a camera there. It just felt like it wasn't. You're using 20% of yourself, whereas theater you're using 100% of yourself.
0: Right, because a film is about the quiet, <clears throat> the quiet moments. And, yeah, yeah. And, and theater almost, is about almost like emoting and then having that experience with the audience. Every, yeah, yeah. And it felt almost too easy.
1: Like I think that's yeah. what it was. Was whereas like theater, you really get it. Your body becomes another character. You can move. You can really like find, you know, the crevices. Of She's yourself. doing some
0: intense <laughs> hand talking right now. But actually, it's interesting because I, I mean, that was one of the joys of seeing you in Burning Point. Was I mean, you were how many different women were you in that show? Like four or about five? fifteen characters? Fifteen yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's not four something we, yeah, that uh, we do, that was not something that we get to see, mm-hmm. you know, in the film and television sphere, right? Unless it's you're talking about like your Tatiana Maslany in a very specific yes, kind of show, yes, right? Yes. So as an actor, but, but and yet you've had such, you've created such beautiful work in the film and TV realm. You know, in your like, do you do, have you found it rewarding? Like, what was the I have,
1: I have, yeah, I, yeah, I have. Uh, not just to go back, I, I, I think the part of it all was that that, that has escaped me a little was the fact that I, I, um, I bought into this idea that as an actor, you're supposed to have a TV show in LA and you're supposed to make a lot of money and you're, and that was like the dream. And so that's what I had been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to go back to, to your other question, your other point, um, yes, I have found it rewarding. I've had ups and downs and it's looking back and being at the place that I'm at now, which is a place of a lot more peace. Mm. Um, Yes, it's incredibly rewarding. And I yeah. feel so lucky and blessed. And I've had... Hashtag
0: blessed. Yeah, yeah. And I've had
1: the opportunity to play some cool characters.
0: Um, let's talk about then the... Uh, one of those dream roles that now. You know, like if, like you were, you talked about dreams. And, wh- and what, you know, a lot of people enter the business... Chasing the business instead mm-hmm. of the roles. But if you have the, the opportunity to to, you know, live in the roles of your dreams. Like, what is a, a dream Agam Darshi role? Hmm.
1: I mean, I have a lot of dreams, so I don't know if hmm. I can pinpoint it. Yeah. You know, I think I've I've played some of them. I think having Kate Freelander was a dream role yeah. at the time because I was, you know, I was so young and I just wanted my opportunity to be, a, like, on a series with people. And yeah, and
0: what, I mean, what an incredible, like, just... Cast of characters and actors yeah. to play with, right? Yeah. You know, so I mean, I was going to ask you specifically about about Kate a little yeah. bit, a bit later, but let's talk about that. Like, how did how did the exp- so Kate Freelander was super badass. Mm-hmm. I think the first time that we see the character on screen, like. She's kind of a bad guy, like she's with the yeah. with the with the other side, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and you got to wield weapons and wear a cool like leather jacket, and you got to like act with like act your ass off with like you know Amanda Tapping, Chris Hyrdall, mm-hmm. Ryan Robbins, uh, Robin Dunn. Like, how? Wh- what did you enjoy about Kate? And and like how did the experience of inhabiting that character change your career and your craft?
1: Um, Kate was. Uh well, she was a badass. She was yeah. kind of my alter ego. And so I think that was really exciting was to just explore that. I like to play characters who are so different from me. Yeah. And she was so tough and um and it was a very safe environment. I mean, you know all these people. They were like, you know, Vancouver, Salt to the Earth people. And yeah. so to have the first experience which I felt was so intimidating to be with, you know, this in the safest environment was was fantastic. Yeah. Um and I think it was just, you know, it just, I clocked it as like you pick up things from other actors. You learn, you you see how a number one is supposed to be and supposed to lead the ship, you know, and yeah. so you clock that and, and you take it on to your next gig. Um,
0: because if a number one is lacks grace, mm-hmm. is, is rude, like that, I mean, I've heard that. T- before that can change the entire. Oh, I've been yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's been I've there. Been a part of those, those projects, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
1: awful, right? Everybody and then we see that
0: on of, screen yeah. too, mm-hmm. yeah. And
1: the writers see that, and then they write for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think what one of the things that really struck me about Kate, uh, and I didn't realize it until I reflected on like why I had such like this awesome like visceral reaction, was the fact that like. It was seeing a woman of color you know be this kind of character that I'd never had a chance to see and I love sci-fi uh. but it's so rare that you know I mean it's it's increasingly less rare you know but for we didn't get to see like you know like women who look like us in that mm-hmm. role where the whole point of the story isn't the fact that we're Yes. Indian, you know, yeah. like, like, you know,
1: it's so long ago that I actually forget those details, but you're totally right. Her name was Kate Freeland. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, Dervinder <laughs> Yeah. <core. laughs>
0: yeah. where you know, exactly. Like, you know, you're there to, yeah. you know, fill that ethnic. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of feedback did you hear from from fans uh, about that? <laughs>
1: Uh, (laughs) They didn't love her at first because she was, I mean she was a hard pill to swallow, you know, and she also, uh, she kind of replaced um, Ashley yeah, and that was a fan favorite, you know, Ashley was a huge fan favorite, so I think I definitely got a lot of pushback, I got a lot of emails, a lot of angry emails. But then I think over time, people started to see the heart of Kate. Um, Can I
0: just for a second, I don't understand sending an actor (laughs) an angry email because of, of like, because of something, either their character is done, or or that, like like or that you know they're brought on after another character leaves. Like I just, what are people <laughs> thinking? You know, it's like you've got a job and you're doing your job, and like you know, it's you're you're there to be part of the story, and yeah. like you know, what do you Like, is it just like they need somebody to yell at because they feel upset about what's going on with their fictional characters? Like, I just, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, it was. Um it was really uncomfortable. It was the first time I, I I didn't expect it, and I didn't know that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, but it's also pretty cool, right? Like, I really saw firsthand what um, sci-fi lovers like where their passion lies. Yeah. And it also goes the other way as well because I've seen a lot of fans who have loved Kate yeah. and have continued to love Kate over the years even after the show's over and I so it's 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 a pretty amazing kind of community that yeah. is built around these stories and I think I think because ultimately we shed light on and and make heroes into the people who are marginalized, you know? Like that's ultimately mm. what sci-fi yeah. does. And so a lot of us i think all of us can can relate to that and as a result that's that's why they watch you know shows like sanctuary
0: yeah, yeah. Were you, did you watch sci-fi at all growing up? Like, did you have any, like, cause so, I mean, I've come into this work being the big nerd. I mean, you can look around this room and just see all of the, it's like the my nerd stuff and then the stuff that my dad gave me. The, this is a Rika Shivdasani Buddha painting. Uh, but like, you know, like, sci-fi and fandom is a huge part of my, I mean, it's literally a big part of the reason of why I do what I do. But, mm. you know, but if you, you have no knowledge of that and you come in, like, was that what the experience was for you? Just, you're like. Like, yeah. oh, my
1: God, I didn't know <laughs> at all, and I because I, I didn't like I saw maybe some episodes of like Star Trek growing up. I would watch Star Trek a little bit, but I wasn't really a huge part of the community. Like I just, I think the things that I used to geek out on was like Beverly Hills 90210. No. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like or music or Brandon whatever. or Dylan. Um, I think it was Dylan.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, me
1: too. Most people have been saying Brandon these days, right. and I'm like, man, I mean, he was great. But yeah, Dylan was like, yeah, he was
0: dark and dangerous yes. and. Okay well we we can talk about that <laughs> we can talk about that um that after but i i i, I want to talk a little bit about um indianness which i can't say without thinking of my indianness <laughs> because indian-ness. i remember you once told me that you you wanted play or there was a long time that you just wanted to play roles that could be played by anyone mm-hmm. that didn't call upon the facts, you know that that you were Indian or, or that they, they didn't need to rely on or consider Indian like somebody like Kate although we did get to see Kate uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, later on in the in Sanctuary that we went full Bollywood for for a couple of episodes but you know I also noticed that you seem to be embracing a little bit of that now I'm thinking specifically about uh, unkept that short film that we'll mm-hmm. be playing in the 2019 vancouver international film festival that is about the relationship between uh, a young boy and his mother played by you uh as the young boy kept, like, ponders cutting his hair yeah. you know and we also we had sachin sahil in here and he's yeah. he had very interesting point of view uh as well saying a lot of the same stuff uh that you had said uh, before, you know, that Uh he hadn't really gone out to play roles like this. And it was, Uh you know, it was uh, it was a change for him. So like, do you tell me, like, what is your relationship with your with your Indianness and specifically Mm -hmm. with the roles that you're playing and and like, how has it changed over time?
1: Uh, When I first started acting for a long time, Uh, and which was basically the reason why I created VISAF was Mm. because I wanted to show that there's really no difference between me and that white girl next to me you know I wanted to be able to play roles like Kate or you know Sarah or Jenny or whatever and and I think back then that was really important because I do think that a lot of times people of color would be cast to play those ethnic roles where you know they would be a stereotype yeah
0: and so written by people who might not have ever met a person of exactly, color before yeah. exactly
1: and so it was really important to be able to be like no 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 i'm not the abu in yeah. the simpsons i'm actually just like a regular joe blow and uh and and i can play those those types of roles uh but now it's changed now i feel like we are uh you know we're seeing more of that we i hate the word colorblind so i don't want to use that but i think
0: uh, yeah, because colorblind suggests, like, no, we don't see anything at all. We yeah, don't take it it's into like, consideration. Come on. like yeah. we, we see it. Yeah.
1: Um, but I feel like we're seeing more people who look like me playing Kates and Jennys and all of that, that now I feel a lot more comfortable to go back to my roots. And actually, as I get older, it's what I want to do. I want to go back to my roots. I want to yeah. play more Indian characters. And um, when I was pregnant, I wrote burning point where it was was a lot of like ancestral stuff. It was a lot of stories from my grandmother and my mother and you know, aunts or whatever. And wanting to kind of dig deep into the South Asian um, stories and traumas. And I think there is such a wealth of knowledge and wealth of storytelling there that I'm actually very excited to do more of that. And I'm finding actually also as I write, I tend to I tend to write more for for like, I, I write stories about South Asians. They yeah. might be South Asians in Canada or America or whatever,
0: but they're still South Asians. And so I think I just need to honor that. Yeah. Well, I for one, as somebody who enjoys your work, I want to see more of that. <laughs> um, and uh, Burning Point, I think, I mean, th- when I saw it, it was in very little... The Railtown Theater. Like, it was like, you know, like it was... It was at capacity, but there were still, like, just 30, 30 of us in a room. And it felt like a very intimate moment we were sharing. But it was. I mean, it. we got to see the fact that it, there's no such thing as one kind of woman, one kind mm-hmm. of South Asian woman, you know. Because it was a... Ge- as you say, it was a generational kind of story. So you got to play, you know, somebody from very long ago and then through the ages and, you know, and f- through the continents. And it was... A, it was just, it was wonderful. Oh, I thanks. want I want more of that from you. Well, them, yeah, but like, okay. it's developing.
1: It's developing, actually. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to bring it back.
0: So is there any kind of role that you haven't played yet that you yearn <laughs> to play? Um, I would love to do more
1: period pieces. I'm, oh. I'm going, I can't, I'm keeping it very limited. I'm going to be doing a, a film soon. Um where it's set in the 70s. So that's cool. Oh. But I've never played anything further, like, older than that, really. And and I would love to play something f- that's period. And, and because, like, I grew up watching, like, you know, Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. <laughs> like, Anna Green Gables. And clearly, I don't know. I don't really see anybody putting me in a corset anytime soon. But I think there's a lot of really interesting stories from, like, way back when, you know, in India or or whatever that that I think I would love to play. I would also love to play a vampire. That still
0: has not happened. I'm shocked that that hasn't know, happened. This is too. Vancouver. You I need know. to play a vampire. Um, <laughs> and, you know, because of, I, I will just add that, because of um, British colonialism, I'm sure that there were South Asian women wearing corsets you're at totally some point right. in history. You're No, you're completely you know? right.
1: You're completely right. And I need to be that one person.
0: Yes! <laughs> in that film. <laughs> Let's make that happen for you. I should in- introduce you to a Melanie at Lace and Brace Atelier, who yeah. is an um, incredible corset maker in town. Oh and my any production that's corsets in it, she's, she's supplied. Them, she is amazing. So she'll. we'll, we'll get you into that corset. Um, I, I. I. did. I. I uttered uh, the name, and I mentioned that I love the the title uh, of this uh, script that you worked on through the for through the Praxis uh, Screenwriters Lab, Indians in Cowtown. Indians in Cowtown. Because hell yeah, we're in Cowtown. So can you tell me what can you tell me about that and what your plans are for Indians in Cowtown? Oh,
1: um, yeah. So Indians in Cowtown is basically a family dramedy about. Um, about four siblings that live in Calgary. I grew up in Calgary. Well, I went to high school and university. All right, there. and we should say
0: because we have listeners all over the world. Yeah. Uh, Calgary is it's it's like nickname Cow-town. is Cowtown. <laughs> yeah, I mean Calgary's there's there's is a Cow-town. stampede there. It's yeah. like cow. It's like cowboy hats and and boots. Mm-hmm. And um, if you if you want more information about cow, uh, growing up in Calgary, you can also listen to the Sued episode of the Yvonne Screen Scene podcast because <laughs> she, she wanted to be a cowgirl when she grew up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Calgary is a really interesting place. It's kind of right in the middle of uh, of Canada and it's known for these like cowboy town. But the thing is, is that there is a very prominent uh, South Asian community there too. Yeah. You know? And so when you just see like these people who wear turbans and parkas like in cowboy land, it's actually really interesting, you know? Yeah. so yeah, that's what my script's about. And I went to praxis last year, and uh, I'm just been, you know, connecting with the right people, and and I'm really excited t- to make this film. I yeah. think it's a story that needs to be made because I feel like, well, first of all, I feel like there's not a lot of stories from Canada about South Asians. Um, yeah. there's very very few, and yeah. they usually I I find that a lot of the films that are made in the west tend to really focus on what it's like to be that tormented immigrant that's originally like coming to you know they're coming to this new country and they're leaving behind their old country um that's not how i grew up you know like i was born in england i was raised in canada i feel so canadian yeah um but i do have like a south asian background you know my dad wears a turban and my my nephews wear turbans um so it's kind of about it's it's, ab- it's it's not even about that it's not really about identity it's simply about family and yeah. you can hopefully when reading it and when seeing it you'll be able to pluck this South Asian family out and put you know your Greek family in or yeah. put your like you know regular white family in there too yeah. and people will See the same themes,
0: or have some understanding too, even if you're not from that culture. Mm-hmm. Like I, I will say, I don't know. Did you watch the? um There's a web series called Welcome to Surrey. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. It's and like mm-hmm. I, first of all, I love those guys. It's great. But it what what was incredible about that was that was you're right. That was one of the very first times I saw anything that kind of resembled my own experience. Mm-hmm. You know, presented on well, in that case, the very small screen. You know, like yeah, I'm. Isn't
1: that wild? Yeah, like, and it's shouldn't
0: like there be more. Yeah, especially considering that. <laughs> you know we are a huge part of the population yes. you know yes. so yeah uh, it's,
1: it's, it's wild to me because really like I feel like there's been a few marker uh, films about like those East West kind of films yeah that have come out like Bend it like Beckham or East is East or even Bollywood Hollywood but there have been so long ago you know and there's been maybe a few but there's just they're constantly tackling the same themes and yeah so
0: yeah yeah, I mean, we, like, just like in Welcome to Surrey, they go and they get some sashimi, and they go mm-hmm. and they sit by the beach, and they have a little date there, and I'm like, yes, that's, like, that's what we do. Because we <laughs> live here, <laughs> yeah. and, like, we've, you know, and then it's, it's not even, like, having our foot in either culture. It's, like, we are we are a confluence of all of our experiences and yes. stuff, you know? So, well, I look forward uh, to uh, seeing uh, Indians in Cowtown play out nice. on the big screen, because uh, I am excited about that. So... Um, I would like to talk a little bit about challenges mm. <laughs> I love challenges uh, because you can go anywhere with this and because I feel that there are a lot of lessons uh, to, to be learned uh, from from challenges so what would you, would you say are the challenges that you faced in let's say, your career let's say your life as a storyteller mm. and and how have you overcome them or oh have yes. you overcome that <laughs> <laughs> or have I my life as a storyteller yeah and so. because storytelling like I, I i think that's the label i'm going to use to describe you from now on because oh, you're thank you, you big well you know so you're just got so many like you're a multi-hyphenate anyways but you yeah. know at, like actor director yeah. writer you know and and you're a screen actor and you're a theater artist like you know and you founded a festival like you know that's and that all has to do with storytelling right yeah, you know yeah. so Tell me about the ways that it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: cracked me up. Um, um, okay, how serve. is it hard? Yeah. Um, wow, that's a really hard question. Um, <laughs> is it easy? Well, I, I mean, I think there's parts of it I don't know. I, th- I think I'm, I'm just like looking at it so broad. Yeah. Right. I, so I think as an actor, it has its own challenges, whereas as a writer, it's had its own challenges um, or as a director. And the thing is, is that i still feel like, yes, I feel like I'm very much a storyteller. I think that is the perfect label. But I also feel like there's certain things that I've been doing this for a much longer period of time than others you know yeah. so my acting career has spanned now like 16 years professionally longer if
0: you include you know university wow um, your career can celebrate at sweet 16
1: yeah that's true <laughs> um but my writing career has probably been equally long but it's just been yeah so I'm just trying to understand like okay what are the what is what's hard what's Sorry, I'm yeah. rambling.
0: No, no, that's fine. <laughs> well, how, like I guess also the question is like how does how does one inform the other? You know, like as as a writer, are you thinking like an actor? Are you thinking like experiences that you've had as an actor when you're yeah.
1: writing? Yeah, I mean, I think I think any kind of art, it always lends itself to anything else that you do. Yeah. It's just life, right? You just want to fill yourself up with life. Yeah. Because that's what is, that's what's so sad sometimes about the acting industry is that we like want to erase all those like wrinkles and we want to just like keep us, like, you know, you have to stay in town, you have to keep auditioning, keep auditioning. But it's like, well, what about life? Like, what about like getting married and having kids and like going to like, climb Kilimanjaro and and doing all these things that I've always wanted to do because I I thought I was gonna just like stick around and and wait for that next audition it's like no thank you so I think just life informs the art and it all informs each other Um,
0: yeah I I want to go back to something that you you spoke about at the beginning because I do think um I it's it could be relevant to, to what you're talking about because you did mention that you went you spent some time in L.A. and I know that for a lot of people in town going you know going to L.A. during pilot season or like leaving Vancouver and going to L.A. and making it there like that's a big mm-hmm. dream and you, I think you said it was like it's it was a paradox can, can mm-hmm. you can you tell tell our listeners a little bit more about about your experiences there and uh, why you ultimately came back?
1: Well, I haven't come back actually. I yeah. still have our house there. Yeah. Okay. So um, so yeah. I think the experience there was, you know, I went there with a lot of, you know, a lot of dreams and I I felt like I had hit a glass ceiling here in Canada. Yeah. Um, I felt like I had um, done everything that I could do, and that was not true, actually. But in my mind, as an actor, I'm like, oh, you know, I think over the pond it's probably going to be better. Um, yeah, and it's, I guess it's a paradox because my first pilot season there, I ended up booking a, um, an amazing pilot. It was with Michael B. Jordan and um, yeah, a bunch of other people and we we were these new doctors. It was a doctor uh, show. It was with um, Jason Kadams who wrote Friday Night Lights and created Friday Night Lights. So it was an incredible script. It was an incredible character I got to play. It was with these incredible peers. And I was on the highest high. Like, it was just like, oh, well, that was easy. Like, you know, I got this pilot straight from Canada and, you know, I was riding that wave and everybody's like, oh, it's going to get picked up. It's going to get picked up. And then it didn't get picked up. Yeah. You know, and it came crashing down back to the reality of what this was. and, And things didn't necessarily, like, I felt like the next few years for me were just kind of this, like, real like so many close calls and then never getting you know never getting the cake you know and I I don't know how many things I've tested for I don't know how many things it's just like oh this would be so perfect for you and you're signing these like great contracts (laughs) before you go into (laughs) these auditions to test you know And, um, and also having done like you know a few of these pilots as well but they just didn't get picked up and so I think that's what it was was just kind of this paradox of like what the dream could be and then also what what it what the reality was yeah. you know and just having to be at peace with the fact that my reality is actually pretty awesome if this thing happens great you know but my reality is awesome you know and just yeah. finding the peace within myself cuz LA is like turbulent and i think i think that's that's the challenge of it you know yeah. the challenge of being an actor but also of being a storyteller is just how turbulent it can be how you can have such lean times, but I don't like to call them lean. I think they're just because you can do other stuff
0: during that time. Yeah, yeah. and I think live they're just life quiet. in other ways.
1: Exactly, yeah. and they're just quiet times. Yeah. You know, times when you have to kind of be cocoon yourself and start writing and creating. But really, the only person you're interacting with is your own imagination. And then you get to come out of that and share that with you know an audience. And then that's kind of what's celebrated. But then you have to go back in again, right? So. Uh, a
0: storyteller. That's yeah,
1: right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think sometimes just being at peace with those like quiet times and those times when yeah
0: yeah. Have you had people try to talk you out of uh, saying no to auditions and and the kind of the choices that you've made? Do you have voices around you that are like actually Agam, you should be doing this? Mm. You know,
1: I have. Uh, yeah, I have a team of people, and it's taken me a few years to figure out what it is that I want because yeah. I think and I'm still figuring it out I don't think I have it I, I think having written that email earlier this year I mean, yeah like I'm taking a break from auditioning and possibly the industry um and I'm not sure when I'm going to be coming back yeah was the hardest thing I've ever had to do and that was all for me you know yeah and I've had some people on my team who have been like, what are you doing, you know? And then some people on my team who have been like, I completely, 100% support you. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just Taking that kind of control
0: is amazing, right? It felt so yeah. good
1: and so frightening. Yeah. It was actually really interesting. I remember after I had done that, the next day I went outside and I was in Vancouver and I was just like looking around, I was downtown, and the city felt so fresh and mm-hmm. new to me, you know? And I remember very distinctly when I first came to the city, I was um, from Calgary. I was sitting on the steps of the art gallery. And I just remember looking around at the city as well. And I was just like, oh, the city's so big. How am I going to do anything? Like, I just yeah. felt so small, you know? But it felt exciting and it felt fresh. And I had that same feeling after I'd written this email. And I went back into the world and I was just like, oh, like, I feel like there's a freshness to it, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, and when you do that kind of thing that scares you and everything is still okay too, that can be very liberating as well. Um, What about uh, your, I mean, you are a mother uh, and you have... Two gorgeous, gorgeous sons. <laughs> I gotta say, they are beautiful. Uh, and because um, you, you, I do follow you on Instagram, so I do see some photos there. Um, but what if, like, one day they were one or both of, of comes to you and they're like, "Mama, I want to go into, oh, I want to be an actor." Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> just like you and Daddy. <laughs> you know, like what, what, if, what? If, <laughs> I mean, I can't blame them. That's what we do for a living. Yeah. Um, well, what kind of advice would you have, or like, <laughs> is this an industry that you would recommend? to two of your kids
1: I think the biggest thing like I think my husband and I know that like one or both of them it's gonna come
0: yeah
1: <laughs> uh, so we're bracing ourselves yeah my husband's a lot more comfortable with the idea I think I'm uncomfortable just because I can see that the industry is so different from the art and so I would say mm. let's just focus on your art let's focus on the perform the, the performing part of you yeah. you know let's let's do theater. Um, and then when the time comes, then we can try to make some money off of it. Yeah. Because I think that's what makes it really gross. And I think I've seen I've seen kids, you know, with parents who are like just like there. And I don't know, like it's just I know some kids really love it. But I also have seen it where I'm just sort of like this isn't an environment for children. You know, yeah. like they can't really play. They're trying to be adults and yeah. they're not, you know. So I resist it a lot.
0: Yeah. How old are they now? They're three. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Time does speed up when you have kids. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mari's almost nine.
1: That's insane. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, like when digits. I first
0: met you, like I was still breastfeeding. I know. So I know. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: so okay, we're gonna take you a look. Break. Exactly the same. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for saying that. Good lighting. <laughs> you know what? If you I could do. go back in time and give some advice to a younger version of myself, mm. like I would be like, just, just wash your face don't go to bed with makeup on your face <laughs> scrub off the skin moisturize oh my like because i'm all about skincare right i would now. have told myself to
1: take better care of my hair yeah yes i let me tell you people out there what listening is like just don't take your hair for granted especially yeah. if you're an actor in this yeah. industry because they do awful awful things to your hair yeah so, so you,
0: you show your hair love now though
1: Yes, I do now. And I've spent lots of money on my hair because I've had to make up for
0: like years of just neglect. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear that. So (laughs) please listen to us. We can't go back in time. I don't have a time machine or way back machine. But if there's anybody there who can benefit, because I also got to tell you, like for me, my skincare routine, Mm -hmm. the wash my face, is like a huge part of just like my mental health. That's the way, like when I wake up in the morning, I have those five minutes and they're for me. And then at the end of the day as well. And no one is allowed to talk to me while I'm doing it. So, (laughs) anyway, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about being a parent Mm -hmm. um, and the multitude of ways that that's changed. As an art, you you slash her. It says her in my notes that has changes an artist <laughs> but I'm right and, in front of her. Yeah, you're <laughs> of me, of her, of us, uh, and also I want to talk a little bit about this industry and um, and parenthood and and motherhood. Uh, although I did tell you when Juan comes in, I'm going to talk to him yes. about being a parent as well. Uh, but you know, and like is like is like is this industry fair to parents mm. and and what can this industry do better better to support parents, especially mothers? So all right, that's the cliffhanger. take that break.
2: Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers, ACTRA, provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series, and movies, feature films from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand like Netflix? For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA ultra-low-budget agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low-budget or even no-budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered, and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning, world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP Actra. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP Actra member. Go to UBCP.com for more information.
0: Okay, motherhood. (laughs) (laughs) That's the question. Um, So... Well, how do you think that be- becoming a mother has changed you as an artist?
1: Hmm. I think I'm just kinder. Yeah. I'm a kinder human. Kinder you know? to
0: others? Kinder to yourself? All of it.
1: Yeah. I think I'm just a better person. And I don't think that you need to have kids to be a better person, but it's just how it came to me in my life.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think that is? Do you think it made you more aware of others' humanity? Or yeah, and our yeah? faults and yeah. our,
1: you know, like I... Look at my kids, you know, and you just see that. Oh, you're you, you're neurotic about that, but you're just you're born that way. It's okay. Yeah. It's like if you, I give them so much leeway, I can do that for myself, you know, mm. and I I can do that for you. Yeah. You know, we're just we all have these quirks, and we're all just kind of walking around life not quite. We, I, I think I just see the fragility of humans and yeah. the fragility fragility of life. more yeah.
0: Because I have kids. I mean, it's 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 crazy to think. I don't like the word crazy, but it is kind of crazy to think like we were 3 yeah. once, you know, and, and there's we're still not,
1: parts of us that are 3. That are 3 yeah. or
0: yeah. or younger in in some cases or older in other cases, <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's like we lo- we have a tendency we to lose you know, that that empathy, mm-hmm. you know, and so you got that back. What about as an actor? Do you approach your roles in a different way?
1: Yeah, you know, I remember, um, so I think it was about a year and a half after I had kids, the boys were a year and a half, and I went to do this play called Bombay Black. Mm-hmm. It's by a, a, Anoshirani, and it's a really good play, but it's really dark. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a three-hander, and I had to play this dancer that lives in Mumbai, and she basically dances for for men and her she has a whole backstory where her father molested her when she was like a little girl and she had yeah this is not like fair (laughs) it was awful (laughs) yeah and I just remember like when I was approaching the character I'm like how do I do this this is not my story at all and I wanted to be responsible you know, I, I didn't want to use any kind of substitution because my father is incredibly gentle and wonderful. So I couldn't go in that route. And I couldn't do anything which I would have done in the past where I would have, like, kind of lived in this dark place for the duration of the play and taken it home with me. Yeah. Because I have children and I have a f- husband and I have a family that I need to take care of. Yeah. So it was really wild. I... I I don't know what it is. I don't know what I tapped into, but I opened up some kind of empathy. I opened up my heart, and I would find myself right before uh, going on stage. I would be standing backstage, and I would almost be calling upon. The, basically, there were these two little Indian kids, mm. these little boys who had appeared to me, um, and they were from the streets of India, from Mumbai. Mm. Uh, I think they were about, like, you know, six years old or so, and we would play together before going on stage, and then they would hold my hands, and then as I went on stage, I would have to do that play for them, Yeah, like, I would have to let go of their hands, and they're like, okay, come back to us, come and come play with us afterwards, and... And it was almost like this was their story. Yeah. They were the the lost children. They were the children that had been abused, that had been uh, forgotten about. And I had to do this play for them. I had to play this character for them. And then when it was over, I was able to just like wash my hands and go home and be a mother and be a wife and all the other things that I am and then I would have to do the same thing the next day. It was profound. I'd never worked from that place before, Yeah, but I found it really helpful, and it still gives me chills. And and it's something that I would consider doing again, I think, if other, I'm not opposed to doing dark material, um, but I think now that I'm a mother, it has to have a purpose, and it has to have meaning, and so if another role like that comes along, I'd consider doing it, but I'd probably work from that place. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and if you can't find the meaning, then, yeah. would you do it? No, and I've turned things
1: down because I'm just really? like, I don't want to, especially horror films, like, I don't like watching them. I've never liked watching them. My husband yeah. likes watching them. But I th- do have a problem. I think I'm just more aware of, like, what am I putting out into the world? Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean I won't do all horror films. I actually did one this past, like, a few months ago. But it was because knowing that. Uh, You have to understand the context of it and what the story is. Uh, That it was like, oh, that makes sense to me. But I I would, I don't do gore for the sake of doing gore, or like, yeah, nope, yeah, no, (laughs) no thank you. And
0: so, you do you like being? You don't like being scared then when you are like when you're not an. You're not acting like as far as you sitting down and watching something on Netflix, you're mostly skipping over stuff that's going to make you feel afraid. Yeah, yeah. No, afraid. I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I manch- have a wild enough I'm imagination. Yeah. I don't need other people's like, Nope, spooky. nope, nope. It's Actually, scary in here. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. who's
1: a guy that uh, did Get Out? What's his name? Um, and uh, the, he did that other film as well. Uh, he did us, us. Okay, yeah. so I really, I was like Juan and I were having a date night, and I was like, let's go see us. But partly because I wanted to see it because I was like, uh, just sort of the race, the, the the whole his whole the way he casts, I think is yeah. really important. I wanted to support that, and um, and I so, but then he was like, Agam, are you sure you want to watch this? Maybe you should watch the trailer first. And so I sat down and I watched the trailer, and I'm like, I can't see this film because <laughs> <laughs> I like, spoofs myself out. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, that that is hilarious. So <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you see instead? Oh,
1: I I don't even remember. <laughs> this is like a long time ago.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I did mention in the before we went to break that um, the, ab- about the industry. Yeah. And uh, and about um whether or not this industry is fair to parents, specifically mothers. Like, what what have been your experiences or observations? You know, as you've you know, because there is a before and after, right? There's before. Before you were a mother and after you were a mother. So, Mm. have your experiences been different and do you feel supported by this industry as a Um, parent? You know, I wish there was more childcare in place. Yeah.
1: For like when you go to an audition, something as simple as that. Like, is there, like, why is there no, like, it would be really cool if there was like a place where you could drop off your like the YMCA has something like that where you yeah. go and you go to a, you're going to the gym. You can drop off your kids for like up to three hours and they'll take care of your kids while you're like going to the gym. I think it'd be really cool if at the union they had something really similar where you're like going to an audition. You sign in your child to these like licensed child care workers. Yeah. Um, and you leave them there for like you know up to two or three hours and then you can come and pick them up I yeah. think that would be like so ideal because that was the hardest thing fortunately for me I also have family here and yeah. stuff so it's it's never been like a huge issue but for those who can't yeah like oh that's really really tough I mean I've I've heard tell
0: yeah. anecdotally of people who just they they end up kind of pulling themselves out of the yeah the game you know and because because they have you know, young kids and then like even if they they possibly could arrange for you know long-term childcare if they do work just getting to the audition you know and often they're last minute auditions yeah. like it's really it's really hard and that makes me kind of sad when i think about the careers that you know have been put on hold or completely derailed and it's hard to get back into it, it you is. know once you've been out of it for a while too right
1: yeah i yeah. think it's um you know, okay, so to be honest, I, I, I went through some postpartum after I had my kids. Mm. And I think the only thing that did get me back into like feeling okay again was the fact that I started working. So, like, yeah. I was back on set a couple of months after. Yeah, I you had did them. you, me, her, right? I like, did, yeah. After. And I was amazed that they cast me because if you watch it, I was not, I don't look the way I do now or the way I, I was probably a good 30 to 40 pounds yeah. overweight. Not overweight, it was like baby weight. It was yeah, milk and all of that stuff, you know? But I was playing a love interest, and they cast me. I was amazed at that they they chose to do that. Yeah. So in some ways, it's been really great. Uh, but I also, yeah, it's it's been hard. Like I think I was really really hard on myself uh, to try to find like to try to get back into like a so called pre-baby weight yeah. and I was one of those body types that was like holding on to all kinds of like weight for as long as it could yeah. while I was breastfeeding because and our then, body
0: needs to hold on to yeah. that weight yeah and
1: so it took me a long time and and I think that's been the hardest thing was like how how I felt about my body um, as a mother as a new mother and like going into like um, auditions and, and then jobs and stuff like I just felt like there was I didn't know, uh, but I think that's a whole identity thing, right? Like as yeah. a, as a new parent, even a father, but mostly a mother, like you're just you're you're a different human. You're cell on a cellular cellular yeah. level, so you're trying to figure that out while this industry is not changing. Yeah, and. We're changing
0: way too slow. because like, yeah. frankly, like, I love what you said about Yumi her bringing you bringing you on at that point, because frankly, like at that point, you, I mean, that's, that was your body. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of bodies that look like that body, mm-hmm. you know, and yet like because we don't get the chance to see that body on screen very much that when we end up with that body, we feel... We feel so shamed. Yeah.
1: And I wish I was just kinder to myself, because yeah. that was, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was full and beautiful, you know, and, and you're right, we should see more of that Yeah,
0: on Yeah, like I really feel, um, I mean, I'm, I've been very heartened by the, the diversity discussions that mm-hmm. have been happening. Although I also am kind of tuning into a little bit of pushback as well from from some people who who feel that they're losing out now on opportunities because of, you oh know. Oh my God. I know. Sabrina, uh,
1: <laughs> let me tell you the amount of, and I'm just gonna say it, the amount of white men who have told me, oh, you know, and I can't get these jobs anymore because you're getting them. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I just sit at home and I just wait for my phone to <laughs> ring while I, like, go get your job? No. Yeah. Like, there. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I do feel, I don't know about you, but, like, I, I feel that we are in, it, like, we're not where we're going to be. Like, we are in the time of change. We are
1: in a time right of change. Right now. Like,
0: what kind of changes have you noticed in, um, in recent years? You know,
1: every time I feel like there is a, a new, like, a something happens like so Priyanka Chopra was really big she's she's still really big and I think that's made change you know that's when when she first got on Quantico and they were like oh this is a huge hit so many more um auditions start coming and it's like for South Asian lead in a in a show and that looks but you have to look like Priyanka (laughs) Chopra
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no but but
1: they're more more willing and open to to seeing that so um yeah I've seen a lot of changes you know um it is exciting. I'll, I'll be honest. It is exciting to look and be me right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to own it. Because, like, yeah, I still see... I, that being said, when I turn on TV, I mean, I still see a whole lot of white faces. I yeah. see a lot of, like, TV shows that are about where the protagonist, the main number one hero, is the white man. Yeah. You know? And so... I think there's going to be room for that. Like yeah. that's just the world we live in, and that's that. Those are the stories that still want to be seen, and and that should be seen. But I'm also seeing a lot of room for like yeah. a lot of other stories and a lot of other um, faces. Yeah. and I think that's really exciting. That's why it's
0: exciting to know that you're writing as well, because I also mm-hmm. feel like it can't just be oh, we're going to make a point of like you know casting with a wide net, or we're going to have the South Asian character. Like we need we need all sorts of people with all different experiences mm-hmm. and backgrounds in the writer's room. We need them, yes. pro- you know, in as producers. We need them in studios. We need them in casting. Like it needs to be like, uh, the way that, you know, I don't know, like society looks. It's yeah, look more exactly. more like that. Because
1: life is stranger than fiction. We yeah. get our stories. That's one thing I've learned as a writer is that your best stories come from real life. Like, I can't make up some of the craziest things that I write about beca- out of my imagination. It's yeah. actually things that I've seen, you know? And so, if you can just have all of those experiences all in one room writing together yeah. or casting together, like just imagine how much like tastier TV and film will be.
0: Tastier, I love it, <laughs> I love it. Okay, uh, I love this question, mm. uh, but it elicits very many different responses. Mm. Um, so in my life I have what I call WTF or what the fuck moments you are allowed okay. to swear on this podcast where it's like where I'm like, what the fuck? This is actually my life? And frankly, I have a lot of them in this room because I'm like, oh my God, I get I I, I created a situation where I get to do this for yeah. a living. This is fucking great. Yeah. So what about you? Like like what, what is a what the fuck, this is actually my life moment for you? And like and when do those happen?
1: Oh my gosh. <sighs>
0: um Well,
1: I don't know if I'm supposed... Like, I can talk about this this project that I'm about to do. Yeah. Uh, But I am literally the prepping of this project that I'm about to do. Yeah. It's not like some big budget Marvel thing or anything like that. But it's with a... It's a director that I've always wanted to work with. Yeah. Uh, It's like literally... It's happened so magically in terms of how it kind of came into fruition. Yeah. And it's a character that I love so much. And um based on a story in a book that is so profound and needs to be heard like everything is just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's just so beautiful yeah. because it's just like this is this has so much meaning and it can actually like maybe help change the way people see things you Whoa. know for the better and so that that for me is like such a what the fuck moment and I feel like such an idiot for not being able to
0: tell you what it's the project okay. is. okay and um, just watch the Owevier screen scene uh, Twitter feed and <laughs> we'll, we will cool. post about that job when it when it's announced and also I'd love to get you back here yeah, to, talk to talk about, about the about experience of filming you know what with you know who you know where. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah like those what the fuck moments are you know they even happen on the wait driving here actually me and Juan were in the car and we were talking about like what the fuck like our lives like yeah. we are blessed yeah blessed to be artists and to be like i'm doing this job this afternoon a dear dear friend of mine works for um a company and she does these industry videos yeah and i'm like i get to make money doing this with my one of my best friends like yeah. and like decent like pretty good money yeah <laughs> that you'll make um like in a day and and my like at, at the house right now there's some contractors and they're rebuilding the bathrooms and stuff and they're working so hard and I'm like they must love what they do and they do such a good job but god knows I can't do that no you know no. and nobody wants me to hammer in Hammer the walls, actually, or anything actually, we do like have that. some work
0: for you to do before you leave the that's studio. Sabrina, today. <laughs> I've told you, I can't.
1: <laughs> and it's just like, but I get to play. Like yeah. I get to do this. I get to provide for my family doing like something like so fun. And I think that's the thing is, I never got. To, I didn't see this for a long time. I didn't see the blessings for yeah. a long time. You know, I would get the jobs, but I was just kind of like, ah, it's fine. And I didn't realize, like, this is a blessing to be able to provide for my kids. Yeah. You know, put food
0: on the table because doing I'm this. doing
1: something like fun with my best friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's so <true>. great.
0: <laughs> yeah. This has been an absolute pleasure. Please, please, please come back. Oh, um, nice. Usually I ask our guests where our fans can find them on the social media. Are you even on the social media right I now? I took a year off. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I was like really, yeah, and which was a great. But I'm back on. So oh, you they, are. They, I am. Yeah. So I'm back on uh, Instagram. Agam Darshi. I also have like, if you're interested in, if you're a mother, uh, I have White Babies, Brown Mama yeah. on Instagram, <laughs> where I uh, talk about motherhood yeah. in all of its like glory and not. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then also you can oh. So I'm kind of back on. I, a few days ago, I decided, hey, why don't I, like, go back on Twitter? <gasps> so what happened was I deleted my Twitter account, but I didn't realize that you can't, like, undelete it. Yeah. So, like, goodbye, Twitter. And so now I'm back on. I think I have, like, 50 followers. Okay. <laughs> and is that, is
0: that, agamdar- at Argam It's Because
1: weren't people squatting
0: on your, like, or they had squatting, like, they had placeholders. They had done it for you for if you wanted to come back. I don't understand what that means. Yeah. But... That means they were looking after it for you so somebody wouldn't steal it and steal your identity. So I don't know how to get it back from them, but I don't know what I don't know
1: maybe just Twitter yeah Twitter (laughs) Facebook my name Alchem Darcy okay
0: (laughs) okay well thank you so much so like and subscribe and you need to subscribe to this podcast yes I do you like podcasts I I
1: listen to podcasts all the time so yes
0: so and also Juan is going to come in to uh, Mm -hmm. do a podcast as well so you might want to listen to his as well and compare your two episodes oh trust me yeah. <laughs> okay. I will. Yeah. And then once you do, please leave us a review. Five stars, no less. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself, Sabrina Firmiger. And it's produced and edited by Simon Furminger. And we give special thanks to Tyson Braddock and Paul Furminger for technical support because we are a family business. <laughs> uh, and we also thank Dane Devillay for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene.
2: And cut!